Hey everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTees.com is where you go, and that's tees with T-E-E-S. Clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get t-shirts, you can get caps, you can get coffee mugs, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the barroom with the purchase. So head over to DeepDishTees.com. Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey, episode number 35, presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I'm here with Frankie Mueller. And Frank, this is a hockey show, but we got something to get off our chest early. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's a little bit different today, too. There's only two of us. Yeah, oh yeah, we've got to mention Joey Parisi out delivering cheesecakes for the greatest cheesecake business on planet Earth. Make sure you check out Joey Does Dessert, but he'll be back next week. But until then, it's just Frank and I. Cincinnati finally Mm. made it in the top four. Your thoughts? Uh, I'll have a lot to say on them later (laughs) at a certain point. Uh, I'm so excited. Justice is finally served. I was actually – it's funny because last night – I don't usually watch the selection committee process, whatever, on TV. And I'm like, oh, did Cincinnati make it or whatever? And then I checked the ESPN app, and I'm like, oh, my God, there's still five. Because I thought they did it early in the morning. And I'm like, wait, this can't be right because Oregon's still three. And I'm like, there's no way there's still three. So I actually went online and I'm like, where do you watch it? What time is it at? And it was, when I did that, it was 6 o'clock. It's like, oh, you can watch it 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. I'm like, that's right now. So really quick, because we ordered food last night, I we really quick watched it before we left. And I was so happy. You have no idea how happy it was. I was like standing there clapping. I'm like, let's go. Okay, so I normally watch each selection show every Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. But this week I was enjoying some action from the frigid cold DeKalb air. And and I you got smoked with their backup quarterback and game really didn't matter. But it was fun nonetheless. But seeing Cincinnati make it in the top four. Is always nice. I'm a group of five supporter. I hope that Cincinnati ends up making it. If they go undefeated, it's hard to see them not now, especially if Ohio State blows the doors off of Michigan like usual. Or, you know, we'll, we'll get into some of those. I know you got some stuff to talk about with that a little bit later. But I'm just excited to see there be some Cincinnati love and them being number four behind, of course, the Georgia Bulldogs, Alabama Crimson Tide, who are going to play each other in the SEC title game two weekends from now. And then, of course, as mentioned before, the Ohio State Buckeyes. So, and Ohio State's two now. 
Yes, they jumped Alabama. Which was like, when I saw Ohio State 2, I'm like, well, now Alabama has to be 3, unless Cincinnati's 3, but the committee's not high on Cincinnati, so I'm like, they're not going to be 3. Yeah, so part of me wonders if Georgia blows out Alabama in the playoffs or in the SEC title game. Does that mean, like, does that mean Cincinnati would be three and then somebody else comes into four? Or does somebody could make it? Oh, yeah. Notre Dame or Michigan could make it, but Michigan has to beat Ohio State on Saturday. I can get Ohio State through him. Yes, so do I. But then Ohio State's not. No. Yeah. So the the Big Ten is probably going to send somebody as long as said winner of Ohio State versus. Uh, Michigan goes on and wins the Big Ten title game two weekends mm. from now. Yeah, I agree. So, well, that's a little college football soliloquy early to start the show, but we are going to get things kicked off with some hockey in period number one. And of course, to kick off the show, we're going to go with uh, the Chicago theme because this is a Chicago based network. And we're going to talk about your Chicago Blackhawks. Frank, the predictions of the road trip, pretty pretty spot on. Um, I think most people thought they would go 2-2, two and two, winning against the Seattle Kraken and the Vancouver Canucks and then dropping games to the Edmonton Oilers and Calgary Flames, who are both elite teams in the Western Conference of the National Hockey League right now. I would call it a very predictable trip. Um, before we get into any details of the game, what are your thoughts of the trip as a whole coming into Thanksgiving? Uh, well, I thought they would go three and one and they ended up going two and two, which I'm not mad about. I mean, they need points right now and they picked up four of eight and given the caliber of the road trip, I'm I'm fine with the, uh, four points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's really nothing else to say about that except for the fact that, if they do want to make it to the postseason, they do need to figure out a way to claw out a couple wins against some of these elite teams. And this road trip was proof of where the Hawks probably are, somewhere in the middle. They're not as good as Calgary and Edmonton, but they are just as good, if not way better, than you know the Kraken or the Canucks who stink. But they are 6-4 and four in their last 10 games and played relatively well since hiring Derek King and relieving Jeremy Colleton. Um, against the Edmonton Oilers, they really didn't have an answer for Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl. Those two dudes are on another level. Yeah, they uh, during that game, that was one of the only games on the road trip that they really didn't have a chance. They were down so early. They go down in the first period, 4-1. Uh, to one. So at that point, you're kind of deflated. It's hard to claw back against Edmonton, who's just so good at home. So you get down early. Um, you end up scoring again later on, but it's at that point it really doesn't matter. Uh, Drysaddle ends up getting a shorthanded goal that's kind of the dagger. Um, that dude is just scary. Um, so, yeah, that, that was one of the only games that they really didn't have a chance in, but a lot of people didn't expect them to have a chance in that game. Um, but they, they, they played a little bit better against the Flames. So, Would you like to address your tweet? That said, Connor McDavid's goal or point streak ends tonight, and then five minutes later, almost to the minute, you put never mind. Yeah, that was just terrible. I, I honestly thought they would shut him down, right? So, 
I don't want to talk about too much on that because I know I will talk about that eventually too. <laughs> um, but it, it's not going to last forever, and it, it didn't last forever. But Yeah, I mean, we're talking about McDavid and Drysaddle now. If you want to hop into whatever you were going to say about it, go for it. Well, no, I'll, I'll, I'll wait a little bit. Um, okay. Yeah, for sure. I, I get that. Um, I, I thought the way they played against McDavid and Drysaddle – was about as good as this Blackhawks team can. And, you know, they're going to get their points. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. It was – it's like you said. They had a chance against Calgary. They didn't have a chance against Edmonton. They Like, shutting down those two guys is just hard. Do you think right now Leon Dreisaitl is the second-best player in the NHL? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue against that. I mean, he's got the most points in the NHL right now. So how could you – if you're saying, like, right now, yeah. I mean, there are other people who could be better than him. I full wholeheartedly believe that. And, well, here's the thing, too. When you play the Oilers, the way to win, you have to. You have to. You have to shut down Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, Joey talked about it last week that when the Bruins played them, if you only contain one, like they contain McDavid, then Dreisaitl goes off. So when you have two players on your team that are capable of doing such things, then, yeah, you have to. You just have to assume that they're the best two in the league right now. It's, it's really no question about it. Yeah. I person I went into the season thinking, like, there's a chance that Leon Dreisaitl can be just considered the second-best player in the NHL. And it was weird to think about two generations in a row having the two best players in the league on the same team because that was Crosby and Malkin for a very long time. And now it's like history is almost repeating itself with Edmonton. And there's Austin Matthews who will be in the mix. Like if he scores 60 goals, obviously Nate McKinnon is – Right up there with those guys. I still think Sidney Crosby, even though he's had a slow start dealing with COVID and a slight little injury there, um, he's in the mix. But, I mean, these two dudes are just magnificent to watch. I've watched every Oilers game this season except for one. So, And it was last night was the one I did not watch. And that was, you know, we'll get to that in a little bit, apparently. But I think that is like the most fun team to watch right now. Yeah. And I still believe that dry will win the scoring title in terms of the art or not the, um, the rocket Richard. Oh, you think he's going to lead the league in goals? Yeah, I, think, I agree. Yeah, and I think uh, McDavid will win the art Ross. I, I really do. I mean, right now dry still six goals ahead. And we talked about how that's hard ground to make up. And I don't see McDavid catching him in goals. I, I really don't just the way dry has been playing. I mean, every game, it seems like they're both a huge factor in every game they play. But McDavid did close the gap a little bit on points. He's only behind four points right now. Um, so I, I do think that he'll win the Art Ross. And Dreisaitl should win the uh, Rocket Richard. I agree with you. And anybody who, like, tries to tell me that Leon Dreisaitl's points are inflated by playing with Connor McDavid, I, that's just going to be, like, proof to me that that's going to be proof to me that they just don't watch because go ahead. And I do believe that the second player in the league, the second best player in the league is upper grabs. 
I don't think like it's for sure. Like everybody thinks like, oh, McDavid's for sure number one. But I think number two could be somebody different every year. I don't think that change. I think that changes. It could be, but we're going on year three in a row of it being dry sidle. But any, I, I think anybody at any point, like McDay or uh, McKinnon or Matthews. I mean, I, I mean, like you said, you don't want to say that his numbers are inflated playing with McDavid. But would he get a hundred points if he was on a different team with a different? I, I, I don't know. I do think so because I've been trying to keep track. And like every single time Drysaddle has a point, unless it's a power play goal, almost every single time that Drysaddle has a point and he gets like three or four a game, McDavid had nothing to do with it. That, that, that's they score four or five goals. They score four or five goals and they do stuff like this when they're down in a game, they'll put them together on the power play. Of course, they're playing together. Then nobody, but like Drysaddle scoring that goal, if anybody puts a pass in his wheelhouse, like that's just such a great shot that like, if Patrick Kane made him that pass or if, you know, even someone to a lesser degree like Jack Hughes or something made him that pass, he's putting it in, getting to the dirty areas like that on a feed from Darnell Nurse. Like that is just unbelievable. Like, like you said, if Nate McKinnon or Austin Matthews or any of these guys passed him, it wouldn't be shocking, but this is year three of him being like the second best player in the league. He did win the MVP in 2019-20. He was amazing last year in the short COVID season, and then he's off to this start this year. So the, the the resume is just continuing to grow for him. But when was the last time two players on the same team each got 100 points, or two players on different teams each got 100 points? Do you what do know? you mean? Like, say McDavid got 100 points. When, what about another team with the player getting 100 points? Like, when was the last time players on different teams – in the same season have gotten a hundred points. Yeah, That's- there was there was the 2018-19 season when Nikita Kucherov had 128 points. Mm-hmm. McDavid had 120. Patrick Kane had 110. And Leon Dreisidel had 109, I want to say. And oh. then I want to say in that same season, Crosby, Goudreau, and McKinnon all had 99 points. Oh, well, there you go then. And then that's the last full season in the NHL. Yeah. Because 2019-20 was cut 12 games short due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Then last season was starting late because of that same pandemic. And McDavid still got 100 points. And Dreisaitl was in the high 70s, so it was a pace for like 110 points again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think it's been good for these two so far and this Hawks period has turned into a McDavid dry saddle period, but yeah, they're just so fun to talk about. And they're so fun to watch. If you have a chance to watch the Edmonton Oilers, I literally think it's like watching figure skating with a puck. It is so beautiful. It's my favorite team to watch right now. Like right now I have dry saddle in fantasy. So like I'm seeing firsthand how like awesome he is every single night, literally every single night, this dude is doing something for me. I think having him and McDavid on the same team is so great for the NHL and behind the devils who I don't miss a game. I think I've watched the Oilers the second most. Wow. Absolutely. It's must see TV for me now, right after that or right before that. No, right after that, by one game, they played the Vancouver Canucks. They should have lost to the Vancouver Canucks. 
the Vancouver Canucks were so much better than them in every way. They squeaked out a goal from our guy Bagel, Brandon Hagel. And the reason they won was 40 saves on 40 shots by Marc-Andre Fleury. Marc-Andre Fleury had one of the best games he's had in a long time. Probably his best performance in a Chicago Blackhawks uniform. And they won the game because of him. And, you know, that's why you acquire goaltenders like that. Because if you're a bad team with good goaltending, you're a good team. If you're a bad, a good team with bad goaltending, you're a bad team. So, Marc-Andre Fleury, props to you, my dude. Yeah. Um, they pick up a gritty win here from this goal from Hagel. And Marc-Andre Fleury is the reason they've been picking up some of these games, too. He's been playing so well. But you look at his goals against, and it's inflated right now because of the terrible start he has. He has an over three goals against average. He's got a 305 goals against average. Um, but that's just because of the start they had under Colleton early on in the season. And lately, if you take out the games from when Derek King started compared to Colleton, then it's like his numbers are so good. I mean, the, you have to win those types of games if you want to make the playoffs. And Flurry allowed them to do that. And I just, and like you said, Vancouver outplayed the Hawks tremendously. They were just peppering shots this way, that way. It was just, I was getting nervous the whole game. I'm like, they're going to tie it. They're going to tie it. But they, the Hawks played a great game. Flurry stood on his head. And that's what you do in those kind of games. Yeah. Um, really quick before I get back to this Vancouver game, we had a little bit of a chime in via the text message. From Joey Parisi, who is mad that we did not mention the fact that in 2019-20, Brad Marchand had 100 points as well. And that just completely slipped my mind because I I know that if I looked back, I think I'd be pretty accurate. McDavid had 120, Kucherov had 128, Patrick Kane had 110, Dreisaitl, I can't remember Dreisaitl's exact number, but it was over 100. And Brad Marchand had a hundred as well. And I do remember that that was the year where pasta started to like really explode and Bergeron was awesome. So there were a bunch of hundred point scores last time the NHL had a full season. And I do think we're on that road again this year, but back to Vancouver. Yeah, they were better. And Marc-Andre Fleury stole it. That happens. That's the sign of something you need in the NHL from time to time. And I think it's just, it's really cool to have them. And they got the one goal they needed and they won the game and it carried over for flurry into the Calgary game where they were too much for the Hawks. They outplayed. It was kind of the same situation for me. The Calgary game and the Vancouver game were the exact same situation, except the Hawks lost this time. Like Calgary was significantly better than the Hawks. They outshot them basically two to one. And they ended up winning five to two on the scoreboard. Someone who's just reading through the paper today is like, oh, the Hawks got killed five to two. No, no. They lost they were losing three to two because Calgary went up a goal late in the third. What was there? Five minutes left in the third. And yeah. then they added two empty net goals. It's it's weird. A team normally adds one. Puckline Jesus was on everyone's side for Thanksgiving, who bet the Calgary Flames minus one and a half. Puckline Jesus was on their side because not only did they get one empty net goal, they put an extra in for empty, for good measure and won the game five to two. But 
getting out shot two to one to the Flames, Mark Andre Fleury is not going to steal you two games in a row by making forty saves on four. Like you just can't expect that from the guy. And they got the third goal and they won the game. Um, Kirby Doc had a little bit of a bout with Blake Coleman, which talk about something I, I was wasn't honest. expecting. Me too. Oh my god! And the nice thing about this fight, Frank. Doc stepping up for Debrinket. Yeah, I know. That's something you love to see from your guys, right? Like, even if you're not a fighter and something like that happens, which dangerous hit, I think, on Debrinket. I mean, it was legal, but anytime you're going into the board, you don't like to see it. You never know. Weird stuff happens. But I like that Doc stuck up for Debrinket there. And he actually had a pretty good fight, too, at the end there. I, I would say he won the fight. He had a bloody lip, but yeah, all right. Doc's a big boy. And when he was coming out of his draft year, I compared him to Getzlaff. Well, I don't know if he's going to end up being Getzlaff. But, you know, if he ends up being, uh, I think Chief compared him to Artem Anisimov. That, that's like a really good player in his prime. So, yeah. like, you know, whatever with that. But stepping up, poor Noah Hannafin in that situation, too. If you go back and rewatch the clip, mm-hmm. Noah Hannafin, he's like, I really don't want to get Doc off my guy. I want to play the puck. It's right there, but I got to do it. <laughs> So poor Noah Hannafin in that situation of the Calgary Flames. But like Fleury was unable to steal that one final save in this game. Certainly wasn't his fault they lost. It's actually his fault that they had a chance, in my opinion. Yeah, like I said, the Edmonton Oilers were the only team that the Hawks really didn't have a chance at because they were down so early. But this game was close all the way through. Calgary never had a two-goal lead until the empty nets came. It was always 1-0-1-1-2-1-2-2-3-2. And they were they had a chance to win. They were close at every point in the game, right? So I honestly thought the Hawks could have won this game in overtime or whatnot. And then Calgary gets this goal, little fluky, off Seth Jones' skate. But that happens, right? You just got to overcome those type of games. The Hawks are going to win games like that, and they're going to lose games like that. It just sucks that the game was going so well in a game where everybody expects the Hawks to lose, that it ends that way. Because I truly believe that in overtime, you never know what's going to happen. Do the Hawks pick up the win? We don't know. Weird things happen on three and three. So just seeing the game end like that was just kind of heartbreaking. And then that empty net, I thought they were, I didn't think that empty net was going to go in. Uh, I don't know who that was. I'd have to. It was Milan Lucic. No, no. Who, on the Hawks. Like I thought he could have dove. Oh, Calvin DeHaan. Was it DeHaan? Yeah. Right here. I thought he could have, man, maybe not, but. Kubelik. Regardless, they were in it the whole game. I thought they could have won. We're in like the Oilers game when they were down 4-0. Then it's like, ah, oh, you're kind of, it's over. But that game, they could have won. Yeah, and the Oilers game is the only game that Marc-Andre Fleury didn't play. Right. And so, they could have kept it closer. You know? Well, absolutely. And, you know, those types of things happen. That's my second time this season watching Calgary. I try to watch every team in the league as much as I can so I can do this show as an informed individual. Calgary, like, the scoreboard was close. Calgary smoked the Hawks in terms of chances and shots on goal. And they did that to the Devils earlier in the season. That's the Devils' worst game of the season by far. They got smoked for nothing. And it was just disgusting. They play. Remember when the Kings were really good? Mm-hmm. Daryl Sutter was their coach. And they played like an awesome system. And every single game was them being in the right position, taking advantage of your mistakes. That's exactly what Daryl Sutter has the boys in Calgary doing. On that Matthew Kachuk goal, yeah, it went off of Seth Jones' skate. If it doesn't hit Seth Jones' skate, 
it's probably a tape to tape pass to hockey who's sitting right in front of the net and you never know what happens there. So if you're Matthew Kachuk, you kind of make your own luck there. It's just bad luck for Seth Jones. No doubt about it. Yeah. It was just, it was so annoying to watch. I'm like, no, not this way. I was like, come on, seriously. Yeah. And, and and you mentioned like being in the right place at the right time with the Kings. It makes me think back to when they won the cup against the Rangers their overtime goal that was like the rebound uh, for Martinez was just yep. perfectly placed off the pad. Like it couldn't have been any more perfect. So right place, right time is key in any situation. Yep. I can literally picture the goal in my head to fully a shot, save rebound score. And that rebound was like, it couldn't have been a better rebound right to his, he didn't even have to move. It was right there. Do you remember that seventies line? Yeah, of course I do. All three players on the line wore a number in the 70s. Was it Carter, Carter, Toffoli, and Pearson, I want to say. Yep, Tanner Pearson. Yeah, Tanner Pearson. You know, those Kings teams were awesome. Daryl Sutter, he's got the boys rolling in Calgary. Now, tomorrow's Thanksgiving, and they say that – I wish Joey was here to give a soliloquy on why this stat is stupid because he hates this stat whenever – Someone brings it up. He points out why it's wrong, and he makes some good points. Whoever's in a playoff spot on Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, has an 80% chance of making it to the postseason by the end of the year, and the Hawks are way out of it. So in order to dig out of this hole, it starts with the post-Thanksgiving schedule, and there are two games between right now and our next show, and that is against the St. Louis Blues and San Jose Sharks, both at the United Center. What are you looking at? Well, against the Blues. The Blues have been slumping lately. They've lost five of their last seven games. So I think this is the perfect time you got to attack them. Attack the Blues hard. Destroy their defense because you got to play. You got to beat the Blues while they're down. Kick the dog while they're down. Um, what I'm looking for most in the, against the San Jose game is you got to get shots on goal. You just flood the nets with as many shots on goal that you could get. They're probably not going to go against Aiden Hill because there'd be too much time off and they don't have a back-to-back anytime soon. So you're probably going to go up against Reimer. And Reimer's been the better goalie of the two. He's got a 5-3-1 record with a 187 goals against average and a 940 save percentage. But the interesting fact about recent games that he's had is two out of the last four games, the uh, – the Sharks have let up 30 or more shots on goal. And every time they've allowed 30 or more shots on goal in the last few games that Reimers played, they've lost. So flood the Nets with shots on goal. It seems like eventually they, they go in and then they can't dig out of that hole. So flood the Nets with shots on goal. If you play Aiden Hill for some strange reason, that's even better because he's got a 311 goals against and an 890 save percentage. So I'm looking for a lot of shots against San Jose. Very good. Um, you're going to guess 2-0-0, right? Well, of course. Yeah. So hopefully they go 2-0-0, pick up four points in the standings in between this show and our next. I'm excited to see them play the Sharks. That is the last team they played before COVID-19 paused hockey, and then they did not play them at all in the 2020-21 season. So it's going to be their first time since that day against the Sharks, and it was at the United Center. Um. I'm looking forward to that game a lot. I, you know, I'm just 
happy to have hockey like fully back mm -hmm. and really quite literally never take it for granted ever again. Who in the pre-Thanksgiving portion of the schedule has been Frankie Mueller's Chicago Blackhawks most valuable player? Well, I have who I have a pick and an honorable mention. I think there are three. I, I three was, people to there mention. There were three, but I didn't want to choose three. I didn't want to be that guy and say, oh, I think this, this, this. That's like yeah. asking somebody, what's your prediction for this game? Uh, who's going to have the most receiving yards? Well, it could be Godwin, or I could also see Mike Evans. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. be that guy. Yeah, no, no. But like, like to me, there are three candidates. I, I completely agree, but our, our three might be different. Uh, but here's, here's my one that I have to give it to, because this player has stepped up so much, and I'm, I'm so proud at how they've been playing recently. I'm going to give the pre-Thanksgiving MVP to Seth Jones. He's really stepped it up. Like, he had a slow start to the season. I was getting worried. A lot of people were getting worried. But you bounce back with two goals, 13 assists, been playing better defensively. Every time I see him, he's near the net, which is not always a good thing for a defenseman. But you like to see that from a defenseman playing a little bit of offense. I think he's just been a stud. Um and he's only going to get better. He's not playing at his, the prime of his life right now. I, I know Seth Jones could get better. But for somebody who's improved so much from the start of the season, um, I, I have to give it to Seth Jones. And then my honorable mention. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on on the honorable mention. Just because I want to see if they are my mine. mentions probably might be your MVP. My MVP. This person got off like Seth Jones to an awful start. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that this person is the MVP for me. And he is like, he's one of my favorite players who ever lived. And that's Marc-Andre Fleury. Marc-Andre Fleury, since the coaching change and the Hawks just don't let up 50 billion shots a game, except when they're playing Calgary and Edmonton. Um, he has stepped up and, He's really adjusted to playing for the Chicago Blackhawks. He has a 306 goals against average, which is really good. He's up to a 912 save percentage, which is a far cry from the 888 save percentage that he had when Colleton was first fired. He's 5-8-0. I think he's going to get that record over 500, and one of two things is going to happen. He's either going to carry this team to the postseason or – you know, after like that dreadful start, or they're going to trade him to a team that is going to the postseason and he's going to help them make a deep Stanley Cup final run. I've always said I have had three favorite goalies in the NHL so far in my life. The first was Martin Brodeur, the greatest goalie who ever lived for my New Jersey Devils. Number two, I'm a big Tuka Rask guy. I think anyone in Boston who rips on this guy is getting what they deserve right now with their how stinky their goaltending has been for the most part. And then, of course, in third place, it's legitimately Marc-Andre Fleury. I've loved the Penguins. I've loved the Golden Knights. And Fleury's my guy. So he's my first half MVP. Was he your honorable mention? He was my third when I okay. said I, I had three. He was one of my three. He was – I was trying to decide. It was actually going to be – yeah, I, I couldn't decide. It was going to be Seth Jones or my honorable mention, but then I was thinking about throwing in Fleury. But now that I, you talked about Fleury, I'm happy that I could talk about the third guy that I – was thinking about which I got to give it to Hagel. Hagel is honestly, he's he's not a goal scorer, right? That's not why the Hawks got him. He's gritty. Um, he only has six goals. He's not going to be the type of guy that scores you thirty goals a game. But the goals he has scored lately have been huge for the Hawks. 
I mean, he is getting some not pretty goals, but he is getting goals that are meaningful, including the one against Vancouver to give the Hawks the win. And he had a, he had a few, a couple weeks ago that were pretty meaningful too. I forgot who it was against. Maybe Ottawa. Nashville. Nashville. Was it Nashville? Did he have one against Ottawa? I thought he probably did. Yeah. Um, but I got to give it to the kid because he's looked great recently. And if we're just talking about pre-Thanksgiving MVP, I want to mention guys who have looked good as of late. And he definitely deserves to be in the top. But like I said, he's not going to get you 30 goals. So we'll probably won't be talking about him later on in the year as an MVP. But I got to give the kid some respect. Yeah, Brandon Hagel definitely deserves some respect. And then, of course, guys you expect it from that have been on the team for a couple years now, Alex Debrinkit has 14 points. That's third on the team. And, of course, neither of us mentioned the team's leading scorer. And to nobody's surprise, that's Mr. Patrick Kane. He's got six goals and 11 assists. That leads the team. Um, There's one person I want to know if you're interested. I didn't write this down because I wanted a raw reaction from you. Who's primed to have a better post-Thanksgiving stretch than they have in their first you know, pre-Thanksgiving stretch. Yeah, I think it's got to be Taves. Taves has gotten off to a slow start. I I, I thought he was going to score yesterday. I almost predicted he was going to score yesterday. I thought he was going to score against Vancouver. It's coming. And when it comes, it's coming in bunches. I I wholeheartedly believe that. Um, Taves, he missed the full season. Now he's back. He's got to get back in the groove of things. I know he's a better player than this. He was named one of the top 100 players of all time. Having no goals right now, there just has to be improvement. It can't get any worse. He's not going to have negative three goals by the end of the year. So you, you just that's who I hope to see really explode after Thanksgiving. I just realized that Taves didn't have a goal. No. Like, and that's what made me ask you that because I saw he has eight points and eight assists. So I'm like, just – Taves not have a goal? Oh, yeah. I can't recall him ever scoring. And I, I give Taves a little bit of a – at least a first half of the season mulligan. Like, he missed a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And he was sick. So it's not like he just missed a lot of time because he didn't feel like playing during COVID and he spent his time on a beach. He was dealing with medical issues. So I'm giving Taves plenty of room to bounce back. But like you said, just having him around feels good. So I think once he gets that first, and this happens to like the elite players in the NHL throughout history, get that one, man. Get that first goal, and then you'll start seeing him come. Yep, I'm with you. So there's no one I'm rooting for more than Taves. And interesting start to the season for the Chicago Blackhawks. The pre-Thanksgiving schedule has been eventful, to say the least. And I think the post-Thanksgiving schedule is going to be even better. Just the way they've been playing under Derrick King. If they could keep up this, I'll take a 5-2 and two record every seven games, that'll be perfect. 10 out of a possible 14 points every time. Yeah. Keep this push going. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. And with that, we have some really good discussions coming up in period number two. Welcome to period two, where we will discuss all things NHL. And I want to start with this. Alexander Ovechkin. We've had 
we almost had a whole show dedicated to this guy. I, we, we had three periods, but in the, that show, I'm pretty sure our Ovechkin period was like 40 minutes. I would have to go back and look. Ovechkin scored a goal against the Seattle Kraken. He's continuing to climb the NHL's all-time goal total. He's got Wayne in his sights, but he's got to pass Howe and I can't remember who's in third. Is it Lemieux? No, he just passed Lemieux. Or no, he passed Hall. He, he's got to get himself into second place before he can worry about catching Wayne Gretzky. But now that he scored against the Kraken, he is back to being able to say that he scored against every team in the NHL except for his Washington Capitals. He just doesn't stop. Like that shot was just overpowering for the goalie. It's not like he was even in bad position. He just straight up overpowered him. It was predictable, right? We knew it was coming eventually. Like he's not not going to score against Seattle, especially how bad Seattle's been. We knew it was coming sooner rather than later. Yeah, they only play them twice, though. Yeah, but if not this year, then next year. If not next year, I mean, you knew it was coming. Yeah, no doubt about it. But I'm rooting for him to break the record. And every time he scores a goal, I'm like, oh, there's 750, there's 751, there's that. Like, I love this storyline in the NHL right now. And I've been such an Ovechkin fan through the years that I am seriously thinking about, like, following him around when he's a goal away. I I would love to be there. Could you imagine if he's a goal away and they're coming to Chicago? That's what I'm saying. That would be even better, though, because then you don't got to leave. You just go to yes. the United Center and it would be crazy. Yes. And chances are, like, I think there's – a chance that like if that did happen like they'd probably go to the blues after or the wild normally those eastern teams have like a midwest road trip but we'll see what happens with that it has been confirmed to me through the joey parisi text message chain that yager is in third and like duh how can i forget that like stupid me um the minnesota wild frank they're good mm-hmm. they're like really really good yeah they are. They're eleven six and one. They've slumped lately. Two three and one in their last six. Talbot's kind of been off his game, which kind of sucks for me because I have Talbot in fantasy. Um, but you know, I really honestly got to give it to Ryan Hartman, who stepped up. Ex Hawk. I mean, Ryan Hartman was good, but he wasn't like leading the teams in goals. Good. Um. And the Wild are, like I said, they've been slumping lately. Um, but they're impressive. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think they're one of the best teams in the Western Conference. And I, like, I'm just crazy to think that, like, this team could go on a run. Like, they're just getting production from everyone. And absolutely, I, like, just love the way that they play. And the fact that they're in this crazy central division that's, like, so heavy at the top with the St. Louis Blues and Winnipeg Jets – and Colorado's coming. Colorado is coming. But I'm very happy with the way the Wild have played. Every now and then they drop a stinker, and it's mm-hmm. like, where did that come from? And, you know, whether or not they win the Central. Yeah, but, like, 11-6-1, and one, though, like, you know, it's hard to complain about that. Yeah, teams go through it. Every team goes through that kind of little slump. Even yeah. the best teams. Exactly. So, like – they're obviously going to be a playoff team, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to see what the Minnesota Wild do. I just wanted to, like, 
slightly bring him up and give him some props because we've had a fair amount of wild conversation on this show. We had Lake Martin on a couple weeks ago. Like it was honestly, I want to say the show or two before yours mm-hmm. where you came on for the first time. And, you know, we talked Minnesota wild hockey and, you know, some of the things like Matt Dumba's off to an amazing start this year. They get good goaltending. Kevin Fiala's awesome. Of course, Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov is one of the best players in the NHL now. And you know, I'm just happy to see the Wild doing what they do. They keep developing good talent, and we'll see what happens with them. Yeah, absolutely. They've uh, they've been really good lately. I just want Cam Talbot to step it up a little bit more. He's got yes. a 295 goals against. That's not bad, but you want it better for a player like him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other team in the Western Conference that – well, there are a couple that I want to get your thoughts on, but there's one that's been really sticking out across the NHL world and debate whether or not they're going to keep it up or this, that, and the other. I'm talking about the Anaheim Ducks. I thought the Anaheim Ducks would have a much better year than this year, but I did not think that Troy Terry would be one of the league's leading scorers. I did not think that they would be 10-6-3 with 23 standings points and a plus-12 goal differential. I did not think Getzlaff would go back to being like the fountain of youth Getzlaff. Mm-hmm. Um, this team's awesome. And I'm excited for them because they're fun to watch. They're young. Zegris is one of the best young players in the NHL. Um, they have Drysdale, who's just on fire on defense. And, you know, former fifth overall pick. I want to say it was fifth. It was either fifth or sixth. And I'm just very pumped to have this Anaheim Ducks team be good. I can't wait till they play the Hawks. I would actually like to go see them in person. That's a team I've never seen in person. And there's really no better year than this year. I think they're in good shape. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the Ducks are actually one of the teams I have gotten to see in person. Um, But I didn't expect Troy Terry to be this good so far. I mean, he's incredible. 12 goals in his rookie year so far. And the season's like he's up there with some of the greats in the league in terms of goal scoring right now. And also Gibson. Gibson has been playing out of his mind. Another big reason why the Ducks have been able to go on some runs. Um, Getzlaff has been chipping in with some apples. He's got 18 of them, which Getzlaff's 36 years old. So being able to do that at 36 years old is great because Getzlaff's such a great player. You'd like to see him get a few more goals here and there. Um but just Gibson's been an absolute stud. He had a he had kind of an off game against Nashville. But I mean, what do you expect from the guy? And that's the team I wanted to bring up next to you. Is Nashville surprising you so far? They surprised me that game. But honestly, when I kind of I thought they'd be decent, which they are. That's exactly what they are this year. They're decent. They're average, in my opinion. Um they haven't done anything besides that win against Anaheim that's like really said wow to me. Yeah. And so seeing those two teams play each other was something else to me. And I actually really like the way Nashville's been playing so far. They, to me, have a chance to be one of those wild card teams. Saros mm-hmm. is one of the best in the NHL. And Matt Duchesne has just had an awesome start to the season. And, you know, they have good defense. There's good players all over the place there. They're only a couple years removed from being, like, one of the elite teams in the NHL. Mm -hmm. And 
I like when Nashville is good because it's probably my favorite city outside of Chicago that I've been to in my life. And, you know, that building's on fire every single game. Nashville. Yeah, I'm sure you do. They're one of my least favorite teams. In the I, I believe it. And that, that that's a compliment to them, I bet. Because they finally have, like, hatred coming from, like, some of their rivals' fans. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a testament to like how they built their organization and putting together good teams, great defense. I honestly, for the longest time, I have called them Devils West because they've built their teams in very similar ways where it's like you get the good defense, you get, you know, the good goaltending and you're off and running. And oh, this yeah. team is really good. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see Nashville keep it up now from a Blackhawks point of view. That's one of the teams that needs to start like losing a little bit. And they're in the second wild card spot, which is average. Like I said, and I don't, they're going to be a bubble team. I think if they make the playoffs, I don't think they're going to win a division spot. There's too many other good teams ahead of them. Um, I think the Hawks could pass them. They'll have to pass them if they want to, like you said, they'll have to Nashville have to falter a little bit. Um, but I totally think it's possible. They haven't done anything to say that, oh, I'm really impressed with Nashville. They've been great. I can't say that about them. They've been average. And I thought coming into the season, they'd be an average team. Yeah. To me, they're better than what I expected. They're yeah. average. They're like an average good team. Like they're a bubble team. So I thought I thought they would be like in the basement of the Central Division besides wow. Arizona. Besides yeah. Arizona. Wow. I had them coming in seventh. Wow. I mean, going I in go, okay, going into the season, Jets mm-hmm. better. Going into the season, Wild better. See, I thought they could have been better than the Wild. Not though. me. Like I, I had a feeling the Wild were going to be this good. And like I remember saying that on the prediction show. Um Colorado mm-hmm. better. better. Yeah. The Hawks, I had them better. I don't think they are, but I had them better a couple months ago. Um, Dallas, I had them better because um, of goaltending and defense and Sagan and Ben maybe having I thought they could have been better than Dallas too. Could have been, but I, I had Dallas ahead. I thought about putting Dallas in the playoffs. Um, and then, I made, oh, the Blues, the St. Louis Blues, better. So I legitimately had Nashville coming in second to last place in the division. So I guess them being like in the mix for the postseason, like at this point in – you know, I said Thanksgiving is like I'm looking at the standings now. They like they're right there and they're going to be in the mix. I do think Colorado is just going to go on an absolute heater in short order. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'll, they'll be in the postseason, knock out someone like Nashville or Anaheim, uh, maybe even St. Louis. I don't know. I think Colorado is better than all of them. But and that to me is why it's looking tough to make it into the postseason for the Western Conference. And that's why teams like the Kraken, the Hawks, the Stars, the Canucks, getting off to a little bit of a slow start there is could end up being detrimental to them because I'm looking at the teams in the playoffs right now, and Nashville and Anaheim are really the only ones that I could see coming out. I don't think Anaheim is going to, but, I mean, it's a very tough conference. The Pacific Division is better than we thought. And Nashville's Nashville zero goal differential, 10, seven and one 21 standing points, 583 wins or points percentage. 
they also play in the stadium series game against the Tampa Bay Lightning in January. I think that's going to be a sick event. Yeah, absolutely. Nashville, I kid you not, is the Midwest Vegas. It gets a little chillier there than Vegas. It's not quite necessarily like cold by any means, but I don't know. I like that city a lot, and it's interesting to see the way Nashville has been playing so far. Yeah, um, like I said, I'm not really impressed with them. I thought they'd be a little bit better. Maybe peg them at fourth in the division before the season, if I really uh, sat down and thought about it. Um, but, yeah, not impressed really with them. Interesting. So what's happening here between me and you is our wildly different preseason perception of Nashville is changing the way we feel about them being 10-7-1. and Like mm-hmm. 10-7-1 and is a good record. Yeah, absolutely it is. And that is just a different record in each of our brains because of where we had them in September. And I find mm-hmm. that very interesting. Um, Perspective is a big way of pe- how people look at things. Absolutely. Um, really quick on the New Jersey Devils. You like the new third jersey? Yeah, I do a lot, actually. It's it's really sick. And I, I when I was watching Hawks uh, pregame yesterday, they were saying like of how similar it is to the Hawks black jerseys, which it is. And I love the Hawks black jerseys. And I this is the the first alternate for the Devils in franchise history, and it's really clean. I'm happy to hear you say that. It's getting a lot of hate. Really? Oh, it's they Why? are just get destroying it. Everyone like hates it. Everyone hates right. it. I, I'm. It's growing on me. The the word jersey. Like, are they going to put the word pants on the pants? Are they going to put socks on the socks? Like, <laughs> people are just cracking jokes about that. But once I saw it on PK Subban, Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, and Dougie Hamilton, I no, they put it on Blackwood and Smith too. I started seeing it on players, and it started to grow on me a little bit. I like the numbers. I like the red coating on the numbers and the word jersey. Um, I'm certainly going to buy one, but they could put out the ugliest freaking jersey on planet Earth, and I would buy it. So I can't wait till the day that they wear it for the first time, and I, I hope it's relatively soon. I think it will be. Um, I, I like it's growing on me a little bit. I hated it at first. Once I saw it on players, I started to like it, but I, I don't know. We'll see. Well, the fact that people are saying, like, oh, they're going to put socks on side, that's just stupid because – Jersey, they're from Jersey. That's why they put Jersey on there. They didn't put Jersey on there because it's a Jersey. So I, I get what they're trying to say. They're trying to make a joke about it, but that's just like a stupid joke. The Devils bought into the joke, though, and they made like a photoshopped hat that says hat in that font. Yeah, and they're like fighting, this coming from they're the fighting Devils. the hate with kindness. Yeah. And so I think it's really funny. I actually wrote a tweet yesterday, and the Devils liked it. I didn't tag them in it or anything, and they, they liked it. And um, I, I wish that meant that was going to, they were going to send me one, but you know, <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. But I wrote fun fact about the New Jersey devils, all black. I'm buying one. I love anything Martin Brodeur helped with because Martin Brodeur did help design the Jersey, which I think is interesting. Seeing Nico, Jack, PK, Dougie, Ty and Blackwood all look sick in them. Makes me like it more. It's growing on me. I'm allowed to like things. And the Devils liked it. And so hopefully that means they're sending me a jersey. I want one. Thank you, Devils, for doing that. Um, I'm getting a message here from our pal Joey. 
who you just have his messages uh, on screen that just pop up. Yeah, Joe, like, where like, even are you? Like, just join the show. Just kidding. Yeah, he, he didn't want to join the show, but he's like part of the show. Mart, he said Martin Broder designed them. That made me like them a tad more, but they're still gross. That's I don't think Joe. they're gross. See, I, I like the way they look, and I feel like a lot of people say that, and then it always grows on them, right? Like that's a lot of for a lot of jerseys and a lot of things in the NHL, and then it grows on them. Ah, it's not that bad later on. Yeah, well, I yeah, mean, I- cooking meth is bad. It doesn't make necessarily make you evil. Yeah, and like I can't wait to see like jack hughes skating around in this black jersey sending sauce to yegor sharon govich and scoring goals in the all black like you said the devils have never had an all black or an alternate jersey they've had the reverse retro where everyone had they had throwbacks like to the green they've never had an alternate jersey and now the detroit red wings besides the kraken are the only team in the nhl to never have an alternate. Yeah, I mean, the time has come, right? Yeah, so I'm going to buy one just so I can wear it on this show and flaunt how gross it is, even though pe- people are going to see me in person and the first thing they're going to say to me, that jersey's sick. I just had, I know it's going to be that type of thing where everyone online hates it because you hate everything, and then you wear it in person. Everyone's going to tell me how awesome they think my jersey is. So we'll see what happens there. On the ice... The Devils have been pretty good. This is the third show in a row where since our last show, they went 1-1-1. One, one, and one. and um, I'm happy about it. But the one win came against that amazing Tampa Bay Lightning team. And this was on Saturday. The Lightning were winning 3-1. to one, And they were out shooting the Devils to hell, no pun intended. And the Devils climbed all the way back and won the game five to three. And I think it was it was one of those games that they might have not deserved to win quite as much because they were thoroughly outplayed in the first two periods. But it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. They won the game against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions on the road. And I'm excited about this team. They're not good, but they are not bad. Yeah. I I continue to tell you week after week that you got nothing to worry about. I don't know why you're sitting here over here sweating. They're going to be a bubble team. It's fine. There's nothing to worry about. Yeah. I'm cool with them being a bubble team. I I want them to be like a Stanley Cup team. Like they will you know, that's the ultimate goal. I think I don't think this year, but I think that eventually. Oh, are the Team USA jerseys bad? That's what we're getting here in the comments. I'm interested to see. Let's take a look and see if we can find these Team USA jerseys. That's going to be. They must have just been released. Well, they've been releasing all the teams throughout, like, the Olympics. Canada, the U.S. Uh, Canada's came out yesterday. Did you see them? No, I haven't seen anything. They're, like, all. they have an all black and all red and all white. And I, I think they're sick. And apparently... According to Caitlin, these jerseys are gross. So we'll see it's what these end up looking like. Jersey, like in any sport. Remember with the MLB All-Star game? People were like complaining about the jerseys. Yeah, I, I hated those. I, I, I They weren't terrible. I, it's got to be pretty bad for me to hate a jersey. Oh, these are disgusting. They're bad. I want to see them. Yeah, I'm going to figure out. Those, see, these are Canada's. I like those. Yeah, so... The black and the red 
and then there's obviously a white one somewhere. And I really like those. Actually. Yeah. The USA ones, they're not, they didn't make the classic one. Like at least they've had ugly jerseys before. And then, like, at least they have the white one that says USA slanted across the chest. They don't even have that. These legitimately look like soccer jerseys. And like I said with the Devils, they're so ugly, I'm still probably going to buy one if I can. And I can't even decide which color of these I would want. There's a navy one, a white one, and then, like, a cubby blue one. I need to see this. And I'm – what's going on with jerseys right lately? It's Nike, though. Nike's making the Olympic jerseys, whereas Adidas is on to the NHL ones. But while you search those up, I'm just going to finish my thoughts on the Devils. I think they're a team that has a chance to succeed this season, but also there's a chance that, you know, the youth shows and, you know, they fall off just a little bit because Dawson Mercer is being heavily relied on. Obviously, we know how awesome Nico Heischer is. Once Jack Hughes returns from injury, then I think the Devils will really be off and running. So, Yeah, I'm looking at the jersey now. Um, yeah, they're kind of gross. <laughs> That's, you, yeah, I mean, they're not, they're not the coolest. But I, the blue one, like the, the brighter blue. Yeah, the cubby blue one. There you go. The it's on the screen. Yeah, so, that's my favorite of the three. Do they or do they not give you soccer vibes? Absolutely, they give me soccer vibes. Those listening to the audio version, you can find them. Yes. And those of you listening to the audio version, you could find them on USA Hockey's Twitter, at USA Hockey. So it's definitely going to be Those are kind of gross. interesting to see what they look like with socks and breezers and all that, though. Yeah. I still don't think so. I, I like that light blue. Or not light blue, but it's like the brighter blue. Yeah. I really like that one. And maybe it'll look better on the ice. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it will. You're obviously going to always think the red, white, and blue look awesome. Like I, Austin Matthews scoring a couple Olympic gold bar down skis, wearing one of those things might make it look just a little bit better. So that's what I have on the Devils. That's what we have on Canada, USA, and New Jersey jerseys. I'm New- sad we don't get to hear uh, Joey's take on the Bruins. Yeah, so the Bruins, they're they're just so good. They they're gonna win every game. And I I just think that, you know, they're gonna sign Rask. They're gonna sign Krejci. Gordy Howe's gonna come back from the dead and score 50 for the Bruins. And Martin Brodeur might just unretire and go back to being the greatest goalie of all time in a Bruins jersey. I think there's a good chance. Coyle. He's going to score 30 one of these years. I promise you. Coyle is going to score 30 one of these years. It's going to happen. Um, I'm waiting to see uh, Jacob Forsbaka Carlson come back from the KHL, and he's scoring 50. This kid is so good. I'm just telling you. You know, I'm going to put on my Breaking Bad outfit, tell you that cooking drugs isn't that bad, and the Bruins, they're going to win the cup. The Leafs, they stink. It's not wrong about that. No, he is. (laughs) How was my Joey impression? Joe, chime in. I need chime-ins. And then, of course, next week, you got to imitate me. Um, Me and Joe. (laughs) You want me to chime in? You want me to chime in? (laughs) What's up, everybody? What What an entrance. What an entrance, JP from the car. 
from the car, getting gas. You know how we do it. Joey does desserts. We're delivering cheesecakes, getting gas. Um, what you want to hear about the Bruins? Is that what I'm hearing? Well, did you did yeah. you hear my did you did you hear my imitation of you? Yeah, that was a, a four out of ten. That's better than four I thought you were going to give. I'll take it. That's a good score. Four out of ten. Joe, That's Toronto a good stinks, score. right? What's up? Toronto stinks, right? Oh yeah, Toronto stinks. Yeah, big see, time. they do stink. Um, those USA jerseys, real quick, are puke, 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 puke. The Devils jerseys are disgusting. Honestly, like we need a good jersey here. And Canada is the only one that kind of did it. Can't I love those Canada jerseys? Those are awesome. So that's my take on the jerseys that have come out. Now you want to get to the Boston Bruins. I'll get to the Boston Bruins. Then you give a, a great recap of the New Jersey Devils. Like Frankie always says, the Bruins don't play. They've only played two games since our last show, and it was Saturday and Sunday. They made easy work of the Philadelphia Flyers. Honestly, it was a solid team effort. Everyone was chipping in. Derek Forbert with his first ever two-goal game. He already has three goals this year. Derek Forbert is just an offensive defenseman all of a sudden. Three goals this year. He had a combined three goals all of last year. And then, uh, then they had to play Calgary. We all know we talked a lot about how Calgary, how good Calgary is. We saw them play really good against the Hawks. And honestly, the Hawks played better against them than the Bruins did because Calgary shut down the Bruins. Like, I've never seen the Bruins get shut down. Like, they couldn't do anything. So, we'll see what happens tonight. Big game against Buffalo. That's their their next game. And then uh, when, uh, Thanksgiving showdown on Friday. I'm glad they're bringing that back against the New York Rangers. So, that's what we got on the Boston Bruins. Are you a little surprised? Are they the only team, Calgary, to beat the Devils, Bruins, and Hawks this season? Probably so far, yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that they're the only team that is able to beat all three. Probably. So. I mean, that makes sense. Anyway, I just want to say you guys are doing an awesome job. I'm, I'm listening while I'm driving. So uh, you guys keep up the great work. Frank and Vin, Aldo, I know you're back there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, great job, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone uh, watching. Thank awesome. you for joining. That was a uh, yeah, pleasant was surprise. Was pleasant surprise. All right. I'll see you guys. Happy Later. Thanksgiving. That, that is Joey Parisi, one of the founding fathers of this show. And there you have it. There's the actual Bruins nugget coming from like Joey. Something was missing, so there we go. It, it did kind of feel like something was missing. You gotta hear about the Bruins. Yeah. Let's go. We're not we're not doing bar down correctly if we're not talking Bruins for at least a little bit. What do you oh, like for about the love of salmon sandwiches? <laughs> How shocked would the world be if we just pulled out another salmon sandwich at 10 a.m.? 10 a.m.? What are your thoughts on the Bruins? Um, they've been playing better. I, I mean, my thoughts on them, I wish they were playing better like earlier on in the season, but they've kind of been playing better now. Um, they're still not at, they're playing at their peak though. Just like you said, Colorado's coming, the Bruins are coming. I think the Bruins are coming. They're a second-half team. They're a post-Thanksgiving team. I think so. Um, they need better goaltending, and I really would like to see them add a second-line center, like a true second-line center. I don't know who's out there. I don't know what's going on there. That needs to be their – that might even need to be their focus more than goaltending. I think like, – I also agree with Joey that Rask is coming back. Eventually. Well, yeah, and that's the thing I'm thinking too, but Krejci might come back too. And – 
you know, seeing the way the Bruins played against the Flyers, as you're seeing in this clip, was encouraging. Of course, the goals that they gave up are being shown as I say that. But they ended up pulling out this game. And, you know, I think they can beat anyone. I would love to see them figure out a way to get that second line going. If they could get a true second line center, that would get Taylor Hall going. That could get DeBrusque going. There, there are just so many things. It would take pressure off the perfection line. So I'm interested to see what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Is there one story in the National Hockey League that you would like to share with the folks? Yeah, and this is why I didn't want to talk about it earlier. It's McDavid's point streaks finally broken. I figured. And I wanted to talk about it a little bit more because it he went 17 games with a point. The 18th game yesterday, um, it was snapped. But interestingly enough, that Sports uh, Center tweeted out, or not Sports Center, the one in Canada. What is it? Sportsnet. Sportsnet tweeted out um, that it was actually his first game in a regular season game without a point since April 29th of 2021. So he actually went 25 straight games, regular season games, with a point, which I thought was pretty interesting too. But uh, that was snapped. And like I said earlier, we didn't expect them to go 82 games at the point. It's just that's not going to happen, and it's something that's never been done. Gretzky holds the record at like 50-something games. So we knew it was all going to come to an end eventually. Um, But I'm kind of surprised it ended against Dallas, to be honest with you. And just, yeah, I think that it's a big story to talk about. Connor McDavid is the greatest hockey player I've ever seen. And I mean that as somebody who has watched countless amounts of hockey for the last 10 years or so. I've seen Crosby, Malkin, Ovechkin, all at the height of their powers. And those are some of the, I think I just named 20 of the, or two of the, three of the 20 greatest players who ever lived. McDavid will get himself in that company. He had his point streak snapped, whatever. He probably had five chances. You know, I didn't get to watch Dallas versus Edmonton yesterday because I was watching the I was at the NIU game and then it got to be so cold that we went and watched the rest of the game in the ending half of the third quarter and all the fourth quarter of the game at Fatty's, which is like a local pub in DeKalb, mm-hmm. and saw the Hawks play there as well. I watched the Blackhawks game there. And so I didn't get to see Dallas play uh Edmonton yesterday. It was the one game of theirs I missed, I think, so far this season. And, you know, maybe I'm the key to McDavid getting points, but that's a story for another day. Um, he's going to go down to be one of these all-time great players. He pro- Like I said, he probably had five or six chances for points in the game, and sometimes the goalie just makes saves. So we'll see what happens going forward for McJesus, but there's no doubt in my mind that he will be at the top of the scoring chain by the end of the season. And... Hey, credit to him. Just start it's a new not one. It's going to be his uh, last point streak of the season either. So you're going to see him go on many more runs. Um, but, yeah, it was so lengthy, though. It was like everybody's like, oh, is it going to continue? Is it going to continue? Like if he goes on a five-game point streak, eight-game point streak, it might be talked about locally, but it's not going to be like this big news where he's on a 25-game point streak that's finally snapped. So there's that. I'm going to be frank with you. I get it. Yeah. If McDavid got a point in every game the rest of the season, I wouldn't even bat an eye. I would be shocked. Yeah, because that would be crazy. It would be it would be crazy, 
I think he's that good. Yeah, but I, I just there's no, it's it's not gonna happen. Like fluky, just, fluky stuff happens where like Dallas figures out a way to shut you down. I would be like extremely shocked. Like it might be one of the most shocking things I've seen, to be honest with you, in the NHL. I would be like jaw dropped, jaw would hit the floor. I'm here for it. I want McDavid to end up second all time in scoring. It's impossible to catch Gretzky's points total. Um, I saw a funny stat. This applies to Ovechkin, and I, I guess you could say McDavid maybe 10 years from now. The league average goaltending was 88 in Gretzky's prime. Now it's 91. So when Gretzky was scoring all those goals, they were against goalies who would be benched in today's NHL. Mm-hmm. Like Fleury was considered bad to start the season with a league average goaltending from 1985. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what goes down with their final numbers and their careers. I'm not wishing for the end of their careers like to come quickly because I've just been enjoying it so much. I am excited to see Ovechkin um, chase that record and McDavid chase point streaks like you brought up. That's a really good story. I know everyone who watches this show just, just going to get their healthy dosage of McDavid. For me, my story of the week, Pierre-Luc Dubois is out to an outstanding start for the Winnipeg Jets. And of course he was acquired in a one for one or no, it was a one for two trade with the Columbus blue jackets where Patrick line went to um, the jets. And I believe Ross went with line to Columbus for Dubois. Um, Dubois making his return to to Columbus tonight at six o'clock. So that's going to be a game that I'm somewhat tuned into. I have the devils at six as well, but you know, seeing the Jets go in there, they're I think they're a better team than the Jackets, but the record doesn't say so. And just seeing Pierre-Luc Dubois go back there, he's one of the great players in the NHL that I feel like nobody talks about right now. And I'm excited to see what he can do going forward because I do think he's a great player in this league. And I think it's a pretty nice story. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. So... It's going to be interesting to see how this final day before Thanksgiving ends up working out. Um, the Minnesota Wild are playing my Devils. Joey's Bruins are playing the Sabres. Your Hawks are done till after Thanksgiving. The TNT game of the week, the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Los Angeles Kings. I've been noticing a lot of late night games on the TNT Wednesday games. Um, I'll probably be checking that out from some of the local bars as it is Blackout Wednesday. Mm-hmm. and, you know, excited for those kinds of things, seeing games at bars. I love that kind of stuff. But, you know, the Leafs, they're one of my favorite teams to watch um, right there with Edmonton. Florida against the Flyers, Montreal against Washington. There are just so many great games. And then I kind of wanted to give an honorable mention story because I mentioned Pierre-Luc Dubois playing against the um, Columbus Blue Jackets for the first time. The two New York teams face each other tonight. Mm-hmm. The Islanders are hosting the Rangers at their new barn for the first time ever. And so I'm excited for that as well. So if you're looking for some hockey to watch, those are the matchups that I recommend. And Wednesday is not always the best day for hockey games, but there's some decent matchups. Yeah. Well, this week, Wednesday's treated like Tuesday mm-hmm. because of the Thanksgiving holiday. Yeah, Nobody yeah. plays tomorrow. Right. There's no games tomorrow, and there's only a couple on And Friday, Friday. there's good games too. Yeah, which we'll get to that in a minute. And so that's my thoughts on the NHL as a whole. Those are my stories. New York versus New York. It's going to be fun. But now 
we would like to have a very fun discussion in period number three. Welcome to period three, where we are going to talk about, you know, some hockey, maybe a little football. We're just we're just going to let the hair flow down in period three here. And I want to start with the Thanksgiving showdown. We all love Thanksgiving. Great holiday. And to me, when I think of Thanksgiving, I think of the day after Black Friday. The Thanksgiving showdown between the Boston Bruins and the New York Rangers. It's I want to say it's the first game featured on ABC at any point this season. And the Bruins always host the Thanksgiving showdown. For the most part, they always host the Thanksgiving showdown. It feels a little extra special when it's against the Rangers. I think that should be the matchup in Boston every year. And I'm excited for that one. You looking forward to the Thanksgiving showdown? Yeah, you got two original six teams, which is special to have on a Thanksgiving day at noon. I mean, I'm. it's going to be a great game. Can't wait. Absolutely. And it, it's a pretty full slate of games. I didn't realize that there were this many games. I mean, I guess I did know I guess I did know that, but I mean, it's it's a full slate of games for the Thursday schedule. The Hawks play the Blues, obviously we mentioned. There's some good some good matchups. The Seattle Kraken will be visiting the Stanley Cup champions for the first time ever. My Devils play the Nashville Predators in Nashville. So that's fun. Um I love Thanksgiving when it comes to hockey. I'm glad there's no games on Thanksgiving this year. There always used to be a couple north of the border where they don't celebrate American Thanksgiving. And I remember one year, I want to say it was 2019, the Devils played against the Montreal Canadiens in Montreal on Thanksgiving. And Vinny consumed a couple adult beverages that day and watched that game with a little bit of an extra smile on his face. The Devils played pretty well in that game, too, if I remember correctly. Did they not? Um, I don't remember off the top of my I'm head. I'm pretty sure the Devils won. So there's also some football games on Thanksgiving. And, of course, the Chicago Bears will lead things off against the Detroit Lions. What are you looking forward to with some Thanksgiving football? Well, you always got the Lions and the Cowboys every yep. year. Same thing. It you seems know. like the Bears are becoming their common opponent every single time, though. Yeah, 2018, years, 2019, yeah. and 2021. Yep. It just seems like – and that might stick as a tradition, which I wouldn't mind. I, I'm kind of – every year now, good thing you mentioned that because I, I just assume they play on Thursday now for Thanksgiving. Like every the, year. I'm like, they, oh, didn't last, they didn't last year, and that was the only time in the last four years. But it just seems like, oh, they'll play on Thanksgiving. It's just that's my mindset going into it. Um, Bears and Lions, you got, right? We got the Bears and Lions. Um, there's been a lot of drama surrounding the Bears as of late with the whole, uh, Matt, Na- Matt Nagy, uh, be- resigning, getting fired, denying the accusations about him being fired. Um, then I was made aware earlier today that he went to, who did he go to? I forgot who he went to. Who? Matt Nagy. Matt, saying, Matt Nagy. Oh, if you're gonna, if oh, you're gonna... he he went to the Bears front office and was okay, like, okay, so he went to upper management. Yeah, yeah. So the, I mean, there's a there's a lot going on there. Um, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the Bears lose this game just because of everything going on with the Bears right now. Then you turn it to the the three o'clock games. You got the Raiders and Cowboys. Um, I I see the Cowboys 
demolishing the Raiders, but if the Raiders kept it close, wouldn't be too surprised. And then we close out Thanksgiving night with the Bills and Saints. Um, kind of a boring game in my opinion because the Bills are that much better than the Saints. I think so. Uh, I think they could have had a better opponent for the Bills, but if this was previous years, it would be a great game. You still have two great franchise names going at it. So uh, I'm looking forward to the, the slate of games we have on Thanksgiving. I agree. I can't wait to watch all these games. I'm probably literally going to sit there and watch every single one of them. Um, I hate the Bears. Like every week they just figure out ways to piss me off even more. And, you know, firing Matt Nagy or letting him go after the Thanksgiving game, to me, the idea of it, the premise of it is a complete joke. Like, how do you expect anyone to, like, play hard when they know that the coach is going to get – like, even the report that came out, and it's probably true because it came from the guy who hosts a podcast with Allen Robinson saying that they're not bought in with Matt Nagy anymore. This guy needs to go. But, like, even if you know the coach – like, how do you play hard if you just know that this is, like, the team you play for and the situation that you're in? I just think the whole thing is disgusting. Seeing Andy Dalton play against Tim Voyle for the Thanksgiving matchup at 1130 in Detroit – that's going to be disgusting. I hope the Lions freaking smoke them and make them look terrible on national TV. Um, you saying, morons! That kind of scared the crap out of me. Like, uh, <laughs> the only person in the world that probably saw that is Aldo. I literally, like, jumped a little bit. But, hey, I'm a moron, too. I'm a stupid moron when it comes to my Bears fanhood. And they just, they just disgust me in every way. I know that as soon as we hang up from this this podcast – we're going to get the news that Matt Nagy's resigning and it's going to be the first time that a Bears coach has ever been fired or let go or whatever mid-season in 102 years. You morons! See, that one didn't scare me quite as much because I knew it was coming. I, I just – this this team's disgusting. Yeah, and, like, it's hard to play when you know, like, oh, I'm going to be fired, so how could you play to your full potential? Um, it would just be like, well, if I win this game, I'm getting fired anyway. Um, so – I've failed in a lot of different ways. There's an upset brewing for sure. And uh, I guess we have to wait till tomorrow to see what happens. Lions plus four. I thought they were three. Maybe it is three now. Maybe it is three. Yeah, it's three. Ryan and Matt are our football guys. That's from that idiot. I believe it was George who said that it was either George or Ted. I can't remember which one of those morons said it. I just lumped them into being the same person. Um, as far as sports go, what are you the most thankful for? Well, I'm thankful for um, that sports are here, first and foremost. Um, you know, couple the past year and a half, sports weren't all that we assumed they were to be. You know, we lost sports for a while. It kind of like the dark days. So I'm thankful that we just have sports nowadays. And like you said, we can't take them for granted. I'm also thankful for the Blackhawks and that they finally seem to have gotten their head out of their ass for a little bit. Um, but perhaps the most thankful thing I am in sports is that Cincinnati got the respect they deserve. They are number four. It's like a perfect Thanksgiving Day treat. I've been waiting all season. They were in the top four, and then they got out, which kind of pissed me off. But I, I, I was just waiting for that moment, for the fact where I, I wanted to sit down with my own two eyes and watch the selection, which is something I don't normally do. And I'm just thankful that they finally got the respect they deserve. 
That was great. I agree with you on all accounts in terms of just being thankful for sports in general and thinking about what life was like when there was nothing. It's terrible. I mean, I watched like replays of games from like eight years ago during that time. So I'm thankful they're back. I'm thankful for the White Sox. 2021 was brilliant. And it seems like it's only getting better with the additions of guys like Kendall Graveman. And we'll see who they add over the next couple weeks before the lockout starts. Um, I'm thankful for the Devils. You know, those are my two favorite teams. Absolutely not close. And I don't know. I really, I just am thankful for all of it and the opportunity to do this show and talk about sports for a living. Like it's, it's just, it's great stuff. So, you know, without sports, I'd be lost in terms of what I do for fun. Like what, what would I play checkers or something? Like, I don't know. So like, I, you know, I'm thankful for it all. And it definitely has a warm spot in my mind. It's given me so much, so much love and, lessons and all that kind of stuff so thank you sports yay sports ball (laughs) is gravy a side or a condiment it's a condiment elaborate i want to know your opinion before i elaborate elaborate how could it be a side It, it can't be a side i don't eat just gravy to me a side has to be something you eat like just I'm putting it on something. Is that the definition of a condiment? Like I add it to something like you can't think that gravy's a side. That's why I need to know what you think. What do you think? I think. I think you think it's a condiment. You are correct. I think it's a condiment. It is not a side. You are in the minority. I am in the minority. That's there are many people out there that think gravy is a side. Gravy is my favorite food, says Anthony. Gravy's but, wonderful. But how, if you, but you don't eat gravy by itself. No, I mean, I've, be like I've, me seen, I've seen my stuff. Uncle Mike take a shot of it. But okay, and but, you've taken a shot yeah. of hot sauce. No, of course. But it's not a side. No, absolutely not. It's right. a condiment. So I don't care if you take a no, shot. No, let me be very, very clear. I don't normally call people dumb for having, like, takes. Like, you're entitled to your opinion, even if it's bad in my brain. It might be good in your brain. That's fine. If you think that gravy is a side, you're an idiot. Yeah, I mean, we've discussed a lot of debates between us that I don't, I mean, the whole straw thing, uh, sandwiches, gushers, but the chairs, are there more chairs or people? I mean, we've discussed a lot of different debates, but this is like. There's way more chairs. Yeah, I agree. And this is just like a stupid debate. Like how I how are we in the minority? Like you could see to... you could see the argument for people who think that there are more people than chairs. You I could see, see the argument. Chairs, you so. could see the argument for people who think that a straw only has one hole because it does. Same thing. What was the other big one we have? The gushers. The the gushers. Whether yeah, or not they're fruit snacks. They literally says fruit flavored. Gra- it literally, it literally says fruit flavored snacks on the package, just like Welch's or the Buzz Lightyear shaped ones. Gushers are fruit snacks. They're in the fruit snack no. aisle. Then you think that but, a sauce is a side? No, I don't. 
I think that is moronic. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. because I can yeah, at least I understand what you're saying with your gushers argument. I disagree with it, but I understand what you're saying. What with you the agree. gravy, not only do I disagree with side people for gravy, I think you're like dumb. Because it doesn't make sense. Exactly. Exactly. I don't think we're there's no way we're in the minority. How are we in the minority? Where are your uh, just polls I've seen on Twitter, like the discussion that's about, serious. like I brought it up to you. I brought it up to you to debate it for a reason. Yeah, that's wild. Do you gravy. like gravy? I love gravy. It's one of my favorite Thanksgiving things to have. Thanksgiving gravy is different than like your average gravy. I don't think I've ever eaten like mashed potatoes or turkey without gravy on Thanksgiving ever. I, I literally pour it over the plate. Yeah. Like I, like even if it hits the, like. The, it'll go on the stuffing, even if it like touches the cramp. Like I don't care, it could touch everything on my Thanksgiving plate, no matter what. And gravy is such an iconic thing for Thanksgiving. Like if you're on Family Feud and they're like the top six answers are on the board, name something that is on the table for Thanksgiving. Gravy would be up there because it's something everybody thinks of when they think of Thanksgiving. Um, now this this makes a good point too when they say like Italians call gravy tomato sauce. But I'm I'm specifically talking to, um, not brown gravy. Any, yeah, I'm talking about brown gravy. That is true though. Like sauce. Like I don't know if anyone in our family calls it gravy, but they call it sauce. Papa used to call it sauce. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I'm like, as the stat on the bottom points out, gravy is just another word for sauce. And no. you're not going to tell me a sauce is a side. You, do you think ranch dressing's a side? That disgusting salad dressing known as ranch? Are you telling me that's a side? No. Yeah, Papa actually called it sugu. As yes. Yes, yes, he did. Um, not a lot, of people, not a lot of people know that. Not a lot of people know the word sugu, though. Right. I've come across some people. I'd be like, I'm having some sugu for dinner. You're having what? Yeah, they're like, what Mediterranean foodie? Yeah, who are you? <laughs> Go back to Planet Booger. Um, but here, I, I this is the only possible way where I could see where people are coming from for this whole debate on sides and if it's a side or a condiment. I'm not sticking up for them by any means because it's just stupid if you think it's a side. But like, say you're going out to a restaurant. And I'm like, can I have a side of barbecue sauce? Right. I don't say, can I have a condiment of barbecue sauce? Like, I always say, can I have a side of barbecue sauce? Can I have a side of honey mustard? So in that, when you're referring to it like that, I want it on the side, but I want my condiment on the side. I, yeah. It's not considered a side. It's just not under the sides portion of a menu. Just because you want a sauce on the side doesn't mean that it is a side dish. No, it is not a side dish. It's not under sides on the menu. That's just stupid. No, when you, Thanksgiving sides refer to stuffing, mashed potatoes, sweet potato pie, cranberries. Um, cranberries, which let me tell you something about cranberries. I don't love like Thanksgiving cranberries. I don't. I like them on like sandwiches, like a cranberry turkey panini from either Panera or Cafe Zupa. No free ads. Those are delicious. Chef's kiss. Delicious. Love those types of cranberries. On the Thanksgiving table, I need, you know, one of those like canned cranberries where like when you mm -hmm. take it out, you could see the lines from the metal on the actual yeah, cranberry. It's like, the, it's like the jelly. Yeah. I need one of those on my Thanksgiving table. 
no matter what. And I want no one to touch it. I just need to be able to see it. As long as I can see one of those on my Thanksgiving table, I'm comfortable in my own skin. If that was missing from the table, it would be like a family member's missing. I'm not eating it. That shit's disgusting. But I need to be able to see it. Otherwise, something's wrong. But you'll eat it like if it's in things, right? Like, yes. For example, cranberry sauce is generally made with um, mini meatballs. When you have the mini meatballs. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure the cranberry sauce. Sure. So then you would eat it. Yeah. Right? I, I don't dislike cranberries at all. I'm not a big Jello fan. Most of the time, unless I'm like really, really drunk, I pass on like Jello shots. Like I just don't like Jello gelatin. Ugh. But I need to be able to see it, like I mentioned before. It just completes the ambiance of a Thanksgiving table. We have that stat that most people will consume one out of one third to one half cup of gravy during Thanksgiving dinner. That like makes me feel sorry about myself because there's no way I don't pass at least one full cup of gravy. I was just gonna say for me it's gotta be at least a cup of gravy. I literally pouring it on and on. And then people are like, Wow, you want some turkey with that gravy? Like you always get those comments. Yeah, yeah, like from from like your uncle, hey, do you want some turkey with your gravy? No, I don't. Or save some gravy for the rest of us. Yeah, no, like no, I'm here first. I was here first. So and I like cran. I I don't eat just like cranberries plain, like you said, if it's on the table. But it just makes the food like if I could have a little dollop, just on there, just a, a little bit. Like uh, Starbucks, no free ads. Uh, they had a sandwich. It was a turkey stuffing sandwich, and it had stuffing turkey. And they don't make it anymore. There was just a little bit of cranberry though that made it. You like that little flavor that gives it. It gives it. I so, agree. I couldn't agree more. It's a great flavor source. But even if you're someone's going to eat some of the the cranberries, I almost want like a separate one, like where nobody's allowed to touch. Mm-hmm. I, you know how like the perfect Thanksgiving dinner you got, you know, your mom, your like whoever you have at your family, you know, God bless you and your family during this Thanksgiving season. Whoever you got, you feel comfortable around them. I need to be able to look and point at the gravy and go, I see you. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I just feel off. Yeah. So absolutely. Have what you is had- your Go ahead. No, go ahead because this might. I was going to ask, what is your all-time favorite like Thanksgiving dish? Yeah, like, so when you favorite. when Frankie Mueller stands up, when someone stands up and says, "Dinner is ready," Frankie Mueller stands up. The thing he's most excited to dive into. Honestly, it'd probably have to be mashed potatoes. <laughs> I love mashed potatoes. I'm so happy you said that. And we and... we agree on something in this world. There's <laughs> something do... that we agree on. That's like one of the first things I go to. Yeah, I just get a, a handful of mashed potatoes, a pound of gravy. Yep, maybe two pounds. Over, maybe two pounds, maybe three, depending on the day. Then I move over to the turkey. I'm also one of my favorite non-common food items for Thanksgiving, and it's usually only when I go to my girlfriend's house and they have it. Is potato casserole? It's like it's like a mashed potato casserole which is why I love mashed potatoes so much. And it, it's in like this pan and it's baked in the oven and it's, it's a little crispy on top, but soft in the middle. It, it's incredible. How do you feel about pasta or mac and cheese on the Thanksgiving table? I'm not against it. Um, it's not, I wouldn't say it's like a staple for everyone, um, but being in an Italian family, Mr. Ravioli boy over here. 
Um, it just seems common in our family to have pasta, but I'm not against it. Yeah, pasta is good to have. It, it kind of makes the meat too. Like you have your meat and then you have a side of pasta. I have a take. I hate it. Really? It does not. Like, I'm ashamed that it's almost at every Thanksgiving. It does not belong. It's a fish out of water. It does not belong on my Thanksgiving meal plate. I want turkey. I want stuffing. I want mashed potatoes. I want gravy. I need cranberries. There ain't no room for no pasta. This isn't Sunday. This isn't Sunday at Aunt Mary's. This is... This is Thanksgiving. This is one of the American holidays. And like you celebrate what you're th- there's no pasta on Thanksgiving. That's just taking up unnecessarily real estate in my belly on Thanksgiving where I'm supposed to be eating a bunch of foods that I only eat once a year. But do you eat it? No. You don't eat pasta. I will not have a bite of pasta on Thanksgiving. If I see you eating pasta, there is no chance. If any time on Thanksgiving I see you eating pasta, you will take heat for it for the rest of your life. No, the but here's the thing though: like if you see me munching on a scoop of pasta at 9 p.m. after the food is all put, that's not what I'm talking about. I love pasta. I'm talking on my Thanksgiving plate. It has no room there. There's no space for pasta on Thanksgiving. I will never be caught dead eating it on thanksgiving i will hear an argument for mac and cheese mac and cheese coming into my life on thanksgiving has been a thing that i've been you know learning that a lot of people do but like red sauced pasta no 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 save that save that save that for sunday see i don't mind it though if it's there then i'll eat it it doesn't bother me it doesn't like make or break the thanksgiving yeah see to me it just makes me uncomfortable Like, I just don't need that visual. Like, it just. We're also probably in the minority because not a lot of people probably have pasta on Thanksgiving. I know, but but it's like a common debate, like online, like pasta on Thanksgiving. Like, does it belong? Does mac and cheese belong at Thanksgiving? So, to me, then if you don't think pasta, then you wouldn't think mac and cheese because it's a form of pasta. Yeah, but I think mac and cheese fits with the turkey the mashed potatoes like if you go to kfc you can get a side of mac and yeah, cheese i hear what you're saying you don't get you can't get a side of like red sauce pasta on at kfc or like places that sell chicken mashed potatoes gravy like to me mac and cheese fits with those things regular italian gravy or sugu or sauce whatever the hell we're calling it these days eh, to me it just it, it doesn't have a spot i hear you i'm what a thank i'm a thanksgiving elitist i take this stuff seriously and, you know, I love Thanksgiving. Oh, Thanksgiving's wonderful. The meal to me has gotten it, it was funny. Like a, a couple days ago, I said the meal is getting a little stale after all these years. And now that I'm like legitimately a day away, like, yeah. what is it? 28 hours from now, I'm going to sink my teeth into some turkey. I'm like so looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait. It's going to be great. Yeah. So Thanksgiving etiquette to me is like important. I need to be able to see everyone. I need to be able to have a plate with literally everything on it. And I've learned some Thanksgiving lessons over the last couple of years. And I enjoy Thanksgiving debate because everybody brings different like thoughts and ideas about their Thanksgiving meal prep to the table here. Yeah. And another food um, on Thanksgiving that we didn't talk about, which I wasn't a fan for for the longest time, but the past three, four years, it's been so good. And maybe like 
I, I hope you agree, but stuffing. Oh, so good. I love stuffing. I was going to bring up something about stuffing for you, too. I learned a little trick that I love. All right, let's hear it. That's a crazy um, step too. What that the average American consumes forty five calories? Yeah, I, I believe it. It wouldn't surprise me if no, I went no, I went over. No. If I went over, I'm gonna eat more than forty five hundred calories tomorrow. No doubt in my mind. Um, and especially since we have the turkey bowl, we're probably gonna consume some donuts with coffee before that, or bagels. at halftime bagels. Yeah. So I think that. I, we tried it last year in a little bit batch, and it was better than the regular stuffing. You put some Jimmy Dean sausage. You mix it in with the stuffing when you're cooking it, and it adds a flavor that is just so great. And I learned this as a Thanksgiving trick, mm-hmm. and you, the people who do it are elitists. People who put their Jimmy Dean sausage in stuffing, it's better than – I don't know if I'm going to be able to enjoy that this year. I don't know if anyone is going to have the the willpower to do their Jimmy Dean in the stuffing, but uh, I don't know if you've ever tried it, but it is delicious. I've never tried it. Nope. I've, I've, tried, I've tried a rice stuffing before. Ooh. That's very unique. Yeah. And it's actually pretty good. Um, and I like um, stuffing right out of the turkey, your classic bread stuffing. I'm sure I'd like the Jimmy Dean uh, stuffing. Yeah, you I've would. Never had it. Yeah, I've never you had would. it. What's not to like about it? Absolutely. Do you agree that bird stuffing tastes different than the rest of the stuffing, even if it has the exact same recipe? Well, yeah, it does. I, yeah. I don't think that could be denied because you're, it's it's being cooked a completely different way. It's sitting in the turkey. It's getting the juices from the turkey. So even if it has like the same ingredients in there, it's 100% totally different. Do you want to know how Italian our family is? Mm. Mike is in the chat talking about ravioli and money goth. Before the freaking Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> Nobody in the chat knows what Monty Goth is. <laughs> and he's also talking about stuffing. Oh, I love stuffing. I need, I'm going to try, I'm actually going to go push to have some Jimmy Dean stuffing. I'll make it my damn self if I need. I've also heard people making their chili. Instead of using two pounds of ground beef, you use one pound of ground beef and one pound of Jimmy Dean sausage. I'm really interested in trying that. Yeah, why not? Really Thank quick, you. what are your two favorite Thanksgiving desserts? Um, two? Yeah. Because I feel like everybody has like their thing on Thanksgiving as far as desserts. Like, there are things that are like your traditional. I don't think Thanksgiving dessert has to be limited. Like, to me, there are things that are part of the meal that like are just for thanksgiving like i don't want to see pasta i don't want to see pizza i don't want to see chicken thanksgiving meals your thanksgiving meal but dessert you can broaden your horizons a lot i can only think of one go for besides, it Besides, like well besides like recently obviously joey's cheesecake yeah obviously yes but that's like a recent che- cheesecake fits into Thanksgiving meal. Though. That's what I mean, though. Like you can expand your horizons with the dessert a lot more than the actual meal. With the actual meal, there's only like four or five things I want on my plate. For dessert, you can basically get whatever you want. But there are just some things that feel a little better on Thanksgiving. Well, then, then I for sure have to go with cheesecake. Okay. Uh, specifically, Joey's cheesecake. If you haven't gotten a chance to order one. We'll order one from Joey Does. I don't dessert. know what's I don't know what's wrong with people who don't order Joey there, Does. There's some of the best cheesecakes, if not the best cheesecake I've had. So that's up there. Uh, 
Joe, keep doing uh, what you're doing. You're doing great. Keep making those cheesecakes. So I just wanted to give a shout out to you. You're doing great. Um, the other thing, which is like a staple, it has to be. If like, if there's not, if this isn't here on Thanksgiving, I'm leaving. I'm walking out and going to get my own. You have to have pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie is my favorite pie of all time. I'm sure there's some out there that I haven't tried that I'd love. Like if there's like a cookie and cream ice cream pie or something, but I'm talking about like your standard apple, blueberry, pumpkin, like your standard pies. It's got to be at Thanksgiving. I love it. Talk about a pound of gravy, put a pound of whipped cream on top. Absolutely. It's so good. A nice fresh slice of pumpkin pie. Yeah. I, I think pie is just comforting on Thanksgiving. I think it belongs at the table. There's always a seat for pie in the Thanksgiving truck. Um, the three on like the big three to me are pumpkin, apple pie, of course. Apple pie is just wonderful, especially when it's warm. And then, of course, pecan pie. Mm-hmm. Pecan pie is awesome. And it's probably my favorite Thanksgiving pie. It's probably if I have room for one more little piece of dessert ready for, you know, the night after the Thanksgiving, I think pumpkin pie would be my choice. I'm also like big into cheesecake now. And it, I know it's because of Joey. It is because of Joey. I'm biased. But if Joey woke up this morning tomorrow and decided he no longer enjoyed making cheesecakes and didn't want to do it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Aldo. Pecan pie is his favorite. We are in complete alignment on that, sir. Um, Even if Joey didn't do cheesecakes now after, you know, the last two years, I still think cheesecake would have a seat at my table. I I like having, I like having cheesecake and we got Mike putting in the chat. I put so much whipped cream on my pumpkin pie that you can't even see the pie. That is exactly what I want to see. And you know, you'll always get, there'll be somebody, Hey Mike, you want some pie with your whipped cream? Your answer should be no, I don't. I want more whipped cream than pie. Whipped cream is delicious. If it were socially normal, I would take the whipped cream thing and just go right in with that. Whipped cream is awesome. And I know you're a whipped cream guy. Yeah, and it's funny because his comment puts a smile on my face because I've talked to him recently about this is why you got to go first. You got to be first in line because you you want then you can use as much as you want. And then but then you got pressure from the people behind you. Right. Because everybody, when you're making the plate or if you're going to get dessert and you're first in line, second in line, whatever, the people behind you are like, what's going through their head? They're like, oh, come on, this dude's taking forever. Uh, Don't take all the whipped cream or whatever. So it's just, it's funny that he makes that comment because I I just love an abundance amount of whipped cream on there. Um, It's all, it almost makes the pumpkin pie. Like I'll eat it without it, but it's just that extra thing that makes the pie. If you're hosting a Thanksgiving party or a Thanksgiving get together here, make sure you have enough whipped cream. Yeah. Make sure, like, don't be that bad host. You never want to be a bad host. Make sure you have plenty of whipped cream. Yeah. I mean, just put all the whipped cream. Yep. Right, right in. Absolutely. There's no, yep. That's exactly what I want to be doing at all time. I don't want to be on the show, My 600 Pound Life. That's certainly not my goal. But I definitely want to be eating whipped cream at any point in time. And I agree with you with the line. You see this notepad right here? I'm going to devise a full-blown plan. An itinerary. Is that the right word? Itinerary? I don't That's know. Like, I don't know. That's like when you're like going when you're like, Yeah, okay. I'm going to do that for my Thanksgiving meal. I'm going to have a strategy 
planned out, ready to go. When I get in that line, I'm going to be putting more thought and effort into what I'm about to do than when I prepare for the show. And that's saying something because I put so much effort into this show. But my Thanksgiving, oh, I take it so seriously. And nobody is more prepared for a Thanksgiving meal than this guy. I listen to podcasts about this stuff. I'm talking about it on like this show. We've been doing the third period for like a half hour. Nobody tells me how to do Thanksgiving because I am the king of it. You come to me for Thanksgiving advice. But you know there are thoughts coming through people's minds. And that, by the way, that I didn't know that milk snow was a thing. Milk that, snow. That that kind of makes sense because whipped cream's like milk based. Yeah. But the snow, I guess, because it's white, would be only be my only guess. But whipped cream just seems like a better name. But yeah, and you could say whipped cream, which I like to do. Or cool whip. Cool whip. Um, but you know that when you're in line, like nobody's gonna say anything to you unless they're just like messing around with you. But like in their head, they're like, dude, hurry up, let me get my you know what I mean? Yeah, and to that I say, I don't care. And then if I like turn around and be like, Am I taking too long or, or do you wanna go ahead? Oh, no, 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 no. But in their head they're like, bitch, hurry the fuck up. Yep. I couldn't agree more. I'm not thinking that when I'm in line, though, because no, I want everyone to I enjoy. Care. I want everyone to enjoy Thanksgiving just as much as I do. And mostly that doesn't take up real estate in my mind. In my mind, while I'm in the Thanksgiving line, I'm planning. I'm like, I'm, I'm visualizing. I'm like, OK, you got the mashed potatoes here. You got the, t- the turkey here. Am I going to have one piece of turkey with one scoop of mashed potatoes? Am I doing the two scoops this year? There are just so many things that go into my thought process when it comes to putting together the perfect Thanksgiving meal. It's, it's Clearly I you gotta go in with a game plan. Yeah, oh yeah, no. I'm literally gonna write down like and I'm gonna be like, okay, so you know the plan is to do, you know, two pieces of turkey with one thing of stuffing and you know we're gonna you gotta, do some then some, you gotta know how to plate it too. Yeah. Half bird stuffing, half normal stuffing so I can appreciate the difference between the two. Oh Aunt Millie decided, and I'm just making up aunt names. Aunt Millie decided to bring, you know, this side, but Aunt Petunia decided to bring this side. And I'm going to, you know, have to taste them both. And I'm going to have to look one in the eye and tell them that it's good, even though it's not. You're and then I'm going to have to. Yes, exactly. Even if there's something in it that's just disgusting. Like, I don't like peas, but like, I'm, you know, you're forced to try the green bean casserole on, you know, Thanksgiving, like that, that's disgusting. That that shouldn't have to have real estate, but it does belong on a Thanksgiving table. I take comfort knowing that it's there. Yeah, 100%. You know what it reminds me of? Do you remember the restaurant Rainforest Cafe? Oh, absolutely. That was Dominic's, uh, my nephew's, one of his favorite places to go. Okay. You only went there like two or three times in your whole life. But when it closed, you were sad. Because, not because like, oh, I'm going to Rainforest Cafe next Friday and now it's gone. There was just like a comfort in knowing that it was there. And, and that's how I feel. There too. Yeah. And that's how I feel about Thanksgiving dinner. There's just like certain comforts in knowing that things are available to you. Absolutely. So make sure you enjoy your Thanksgiving meals. Make sure you um, tag me, Joey Frankie, on Twitter and your pictures of your Thanksgiving meals. I'll rate them for you. I'm rating that's Thanksgiving meals. Tag me too. I'll, yeah. I'll rate them. I'm rating Thanksgiving meals. I'm telling you what looks good, what looks not so good. Um, send me your pictures of your cranberry just chilling there on your table, not getting eaten. That's what I need to see. And you know, mashed potatoes. I want to see all the fluffy mashed potatoes. Tell me your mashed potato a recipe. Of mashed potatoes. My mom uses cream cheese in the mashed potatoes, and it like adds like an extra creaminess to them. So fluffy, so delicious. 
Can't wait for Thanksgiving dinner. Couldn't agree more with you. And you know who also enjoyed himself some Thanksgiving? Walter White. And Walter White was an interesting man. And to celebrate Walter White, we are going to take you to our final segment of the show, Breaking Bets. Welcome to Breaking Bets, where Frankie is the danger. He is the one who knocks. Frank, take it away. Um, well, yeah, I don't have the other my other partner here for this segment. I don't have the glasses. I don't have the hat. I, but the show must go on. Um, and I just realized I have my picks written down, but I don't have the odds next to them. Which, That's okay. But I'll give it to you, and I'll, I'll kind of – I guess I give you the freshest odds. I'll, I'll have them both pulled up side by side for you guys. Um. For, well, since it's Thanksgiving, and there's a lot of Thanksgiving specials, football specials, the Thanksgiving showdown for hockey, got some college football mixed in with the good news on Cincinnati. And like I do every week, I give you a little bit of sprinkle, a little bit of Thanksgiving sprinkle on everything. I'm going to give you a little piece of the plate from every dish that there is. If that makes any sense? Maybe not. Oh, well. I'm going to start off by giving, uh, and this will be honoring Joey. I just want to give out. Uh, I like the Bruins money line. They're way overpriced, um, but they're, they're overpriced. But I think that's like almost a for sure win. And with that, they're the perfect team to parlay with something because they're minus two forty five. So perfect team to parlay. But the value pick on the NHL slate tonight. I, I my jaw dropped when I saw this. Um, I honestly can't believe it. The Carolina Hurricanes perhaps one of the best teams, Stanley Cup contending teams in the NHL right now, is only minus 143. I want to get that through your head. They're playing the Kraken tonight. The Hawks beat the Kraken. Everybody beats the Kraken. And you're telling me the Carolina Hurricanes are only minus 143. That's that's the lock of the day. Book it. Trust me. That is just... I, I can't believe it unless there's something I don't know and like their whole team's injured or something. But that to me, that's not the case. Um, I would have heard about it. Secondly, perhaps the, the most value of any pick I have is take the lion's money line. That, that, that pains me to say it. I hate saying it because the red rifle is so sharp. But this is nothing. Sucks to, ass. No, the Red Rifles' best quarterback. There we go. Uh, I know Joey agrees with me on that one. We'll ride him till we die. Um, the money line, though, as much as it pains me to to say, there's too much stuff going on with the Bears right now in McNaggy. I don't see him being up to par with the game at all. Um, it's just it's a shame because I think if it was any other week, the Bears would probably beat them. But just everything that's going on, there's, there's no way that it just, yeah. I, I mean, I'm at a loss for words because I don't think I at any point I would say take the Lions money line. That's something nothing I would I wouldn't say all season. But there's just there's just a different feel about this game, right? And it, it has nothing to do with the players or or how the teams are how the team is because I do think they're capable of beating the Lions. 
right? It's just everything surrounding, all the drama surrounding Nagy right now. I just I, The team's not going to play up to par. It's a Thanksgiving day, so the, the Lions might play a little more better than they should or whatnot. Then we move on to Friday night. Cincinnati needs to cover the spread. They're 14. They need to cover the spread. I'm worried that if they squeak out a win, Michigan or Notre Dame will jump them. I'm very worried about that. I honestly think if, even if they win by like six and Notre Dame blows somebody out, they, they could get jumped, and that, that can't happen. We're so close. This cannot happen. So I also like Cincinnati minus the 14 in a must-cover game, in my opinion. That's what I got for you. I really like it. I, in Joey's absence, did make some picks ready to go as well. The New York Islanders are plus 105 against the New York Rangers tonight at home. First time ever hosting them. The Islanders have had a tough start to the season. All their games have been on the road except two. I have a feeling they are going to beat the New York Rangers in their home barn tonight. So I like Islanders plus 105 as a complete and total underdog. The Bulls are – are. Or the Rockets are plus 8.5. That's the one I forgot to – Against the Chicago Bulls. I don't know what the line was on. Is it eight and a half? It's eight and a half, and I think the Bulls are going to blow the Houston Rockets out of the water. If they lose to them by any less than eight and a half, I will be upset with them. So I like the Bulls tonight against the Houston Rockets, the 1-16 in Houston Rockets. I'm seeing so much red. It's so hard to contain how much red I'm seeing. The Boston Celtics are also plus one against the Brooklyn Nets. I like the Celtics tonight against the Nets. Kevin Durant is mad about people making fun of his weird ankles that need lotion. And, you know, I just think they're going to lose to the um, Celtics. Over the weekend, I'm taking a look at some of the games. And it's interesting when I look at games like the Baltimore Ravens minus three and a half against the Cleveland Browns. I think the Cleveland Browns are going to go into Baltimore and win. And I think new England covers minus six and a half against the Tennessee Titans. So those are my football picks. You know, I'm not, I'm not the main guy on breaking bets here, but I throw my bets in every now and then. And those are what I'll be playing over the next couple days. Awesome. Sounds like some winners. Absolutely. So it was a good show. It was a good show. We got a lot in. I was very tired when we first started. Um, Right awake, ready to go now. Uh, I planned on taking a nap after. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that with this potential Matt Nagy firing or resigning or whatever the hell we want to call it. It, It'll be interesting to see if it happens before the game. Yes. I I don't think so, personally. Honestly. we're, We're running out of time, so the game is about 24 hours away or 24 and a half hours away, so. Um, I mean, I agree that if they're going to do it, just do it now. Like, why wait till yeah. the big game? What is that going to change? Why would so, Matt Nagy want to do it? I know you get paid for this year and next if you do what they yeah. say, but I mean, I don't know. I would almost take. I would almost tell them to take that money and shove it up their ass if I was I Matt Nagy. It. Because as bad of a coach as he's been, Ryan Pace has left him out to dry. It's not. Matt Nagy's fault, and I am in no way. You've heard me rip Matt Nagy a new one. He's a terrible play caller. He's a bad head football coach. He needs to be gone yesterday. Yeah. But it's also not his fault that Kinder Vildor is the second best cornerback on the team or that, you know, Allen Robinson 
well, no, it's kind of his fault that Allen Robinson's having a bad year, but it's not his fault that Ryan Pace signed Andy Dalton. It's his fault he played Andy Dalton. But, you know, there are just so many things that Ryan Pace deserves blame for. It's not Matt Nagy's fault that Ryan Pace has only hit on one of his eight first-round picks or whatever it is, one of his six first-round picks, however many there's been. We don't know about Fields yet. We'll see about Fields. But outside of Fields, Roquan Smith is the only successful first-round pick that he has. I mean, Ryan Pace deserves plenty of – You know, we need to be chanting fire pace at Bulls games too. Oh, and let me say one more thing. If you go to Matt Nagy's kids' high school football game, is it Lake Forest? I want to say it's Lake Forest. If you go to his kids' football game, and chant fire Nagy there, you're a complete scumbag. Nobody likes you. Get a life and be better. Yeah, I want Matt Nagy gone. If I can make the phone call right now, if I could fire him twice, I would. He's been bad. He's not good at his job. But if my dad was a head football coach in the NFL and someone came to my game, where apparently Matt Nagy's son's a pretty good player in high school, and they're chanting fire you know, my dad, I'd want to beat the hell out of him. So if you do that, I hate you. And that's what I have to say about that. Doing it at Bulls games, that's fair game. This is Chicago. This is a big boy town. I always say Boston, Chicago, Philly, New York. Those are like the big boy towns where if you don't perform, you're going to hear about it at every angle. But his kid's football game, get a fucking life. Yeah, leave the kids out of it. Absolutely. Don't Don't be a dick. And I love high school sports. Like, I really love high school sports. I was big into it when I was in high school myself. I was at every football game. I like seeing development. I like seeing kids have a chance to make it to the NFL. I know how hard it is. I know how hard playing sports is. Nobody gets it. You know, people, they they run their mouths and they have no clue what the hell they're talking about. High school football and baseball and all of it. Like, I'm a big fan of the Chicago Catholic League. Like, I keep track of, like, Brother Rice and, you know, all those types of schools. I like it's just something I'm interested in. It's supposed to be fun and developing and yeah, learning. Absolutely. It's like school for sports. So like you go there and you chant fire naggy, something that's supposed to be like on the professional level, get a life. Yeah, nobody there cares. Like, what are they gonna do? Is uh Daniel's mom gonna go to the Bears and say, Oh yeah, they were they were chanting it at my high school game, uh Whatever. No, it yeah. just doesn't matter. It's not the place, not the time. Exactly. And there are people claiming that, yeah, it was the road student section chanting it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they started it, but you're not going to tell me a couple parents were it in their fire, naggy, as they go home and drink great tasting, less filling from their couch. Mm-hmm. So that, that's my take on the whole thing. Awesome. Fire, fire naggy, though. I agree, I, with the, I agree with the like message. It. I agree with the message. I agree with the message. Just not the delivery. Yeah. So It's coming. So don't be shocked. I don't want anybody to be shocked when he's not the uh, coach. Yep. And I just want to remind everyone that Crosstown Crosstalk is taking a show off tomorrow. I will have a video coming out either tonight or tomorrow morning kind of to like replace it for, you know, maybe like a five minute video or so where I'm going to run my mouth about some things baseball related, but we'll be back next week for Crosstown Crosstalk. Of course, Bar Down will be back next Wednesday with Joey and get you ready for some hockey through the, the holiday season. Very excited about that. You have Dan and Aldo live after the Bears game tomorrow. So there's still going to be some programming going on during the Thanksgiving holiday. I'm very excited for all of it. Um, 
Sports don't go away on Thanksgiving. Yeah, you got to eat turkey with your family. It's fun. Make sure you're strategic with your plate design. It's very important to me. Um, but you know, enjoy your sports as well. You know, from Vinny, Joey, and Frank, happy Thanksgiving. We can't thank everyone enough. That's the number one thing I'm thankful for is people who read my work, your work, Joey's work, buy cheesecake, support us, support the brand, support the bar room. I yep. can't thank you enough. Um, you want to give any Thanksgiving shout outs before we head on out of here? Yeah, I just want to just let everybody know. I want everybody to have a happy Thanksgiving this week. If you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, just have a happy and safe holidays. Uh, spend time with the family. This is a supposed to be some of the happiest times of the year so just be thankful for everything you have around you i'm thankful that i'm part of this show now thank you to everybody here it's been so much fun to be here um so i'm thankful about that too everybody just be safe over the the next week uh and just have a good holiday with everybody enjoy time with your family um yeah yeah i i mean i can't echo those sentiments enough um you know thanksgiving's great you watch your football and, you know, there's there's plenty of, you know, sports to watch and food to be had. And, you know, I'll say I'm thankful for you, Joey, my family, my friends, everybody who's important to me. Um, I really, really, really enjoy Thanksgiving. And so make sure you tune in to all the programming. And we do have one quick thing that we want to share before we head on out of here. So I'm just going to keep talking while we load it up. And um, I won't be here next week too, by the way. Yes. But and Frankie's going to be absent next week. So it's just going to be me and Joey doing bar down, but you know, stuff happens during the holidays where someone here or there is going to be missing or whatever, but I'll be here. We'll be talking. Uh, I think there's some big games coming up right before the, the holidays get going. And, you know, we're going to have the Olympics coming up soon. So I'm thankful for that. And I'm pretty excited about, you know, what's going on here. And really quick, before we head on out of here and say our final goodbyes, Joey has something he wants to share with everyone. We're not getting any volume. Yeah, I don't know if... It's I probably... can just... I, I just, by the way, his finger move, I just have a feeling he's giving his picks. Yeah. Um, it's got to be. That's the Joey finger that he's telling you is lock of the day. That's just, that's my guess. Yeah. I mean, if we're not able to figure out the sound or whatever, like that's okay. We can put it in a video on Twitter after the fact, but you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Thanksgiving holiday. I can't wait. Have you ever listened to Dan and Aldo? Uh, yeah, I have briefly actually. Um, Their show is so funny, and the fact that they're going on Thanksgiving is going to be a real treat. While I'm waiting, it'll probably, if I had to guess, it'll be after the Bears game. That'll mean it's like during the early portion of the the Cowboys, um, the Cowboys game. Yeah. yeah, the Cowboys are playing the Raiders. Yeah, they're home against the Raiders. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um, looking forward to it, and from everybody here at the bar room. You know, we say happy Thanksgiving. I hope everybody has a wonderful time with their families, friends, yep. whoever you're spending time with. And make sure you're following at Joey Parisi on Twitter, at the King Bean on Twitter, at Vinny Parisi on Twitter. And for all of us, we wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening.